And I bet that even like designers that you look up to that seem super confident, I'm sure that they also occasionally have these feelings of self-doubt and questioning their confidence in their own design abilities. I mean, we all have these ups and downs and slumps. So I think we're all faking it a little bit. And, and to me, it really comes down to confidence. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name's Charlie. My name is Femke. And in this episode, we're going to talk about should you fake it till you make it. I've seen a little bit of talk about this on the web, especially in regards to design and being a designer. And we also got this question from a listener who asked, Hey, Charlie and Femke, I listen to your podcast every week and recently was offered my first real design job. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, and they went on to say, obviously, I'm nervous and I asked a couple of friends for advice and have received multiple tips to fake it till you make it. What do you both think about this advice? So interesting topic. I, I think we've all sort of thought about this before a little bit or at least heard of this advice before and heard differing opinions on it. So we want to talk a little bit about that today. But before we get stuck in, Charlie, how are you? How are you feeling today? I know that you were in Spain for the weekend. How was it? Well, the weekend in Spain was not quite what I expected. I was expecting like a relaxing restful holiday reading by the pool etc but it turned out to be quite a party atmosphere the thing we we're at it was like a a company trip away that mark's company uh, had put on so yeah there was a lot of loud music and things playing till very 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 early in the morning and so i did not get much sleep so i've come back from holiday feeling more tired but something very exciting happened at the weekend that makes up for all of it and that I hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, finally, which is so exciting. Woohoo! Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, it's really exciting to see that six digits, but in all honesty, like, my life is the same. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, it's funny to achieve this big goal that I've been working on for literally five years. And like the next day, I'm like, well, just get up, keep doing the same old thing, I guess. On to the next 100K, right? Yeah, I guess so. It's, yeah, it's funny when you finally, finally get to a big goal and it's not quite as, I don't know, I wasn't expecting it to be this like super dramatic, impactful moment, but it's just cool to f see in action how like achieving a goal isn't like it all happens suddenly at one point. It's been like my life changing and my habits changing and, you know, skills growing over the past five years to get to this point. Anyway, just a little bit of a philosophical aside there. How has your week been, Fem? <laughs> it's, it's great news, Charlie. Honestly, you should be very, very proud and very Thank happy. <laughs> I remember like when you started making your channel, I guess it was five years ago now. Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Almost. And doing your videos in your bedroom. And oh, it's so cool. Like, I actually feel like special to have been able to watch you the whole journey. Aww. I assume there's only a small amount of people who really have been able to do that. So I don't know. I'm proud of you. And I think it's a really awesome accomplishment. So good for you. Oh, thank you, Fem. Uh, my week was definitely not as exciting as yours. No, uh, <laughs> no uh, big moments like that. But no party, party in Spain. No like partying <laughs> in Spain. No hundred thousand followers. Um, but yeah, it's just been a, another chill, relaxing week. It's really, really hot right here at the moment in uh, Western Europe. I don't know what's going on with summer, but it's like in full swing. So 
motivation has been like, yeah, hard because it's just way too hot to work. But yeah, not much is going on, just casually chucking on. And trying to stay out of the heat. (laughs) And trying to stay out of the heat, yes. Yeah. Although like people in, I don't know, California or, you know, countries close to the equator even must be thinking that we're weirdos for complaining about how hot it is. But they have this magical thing called air conditioning that we don't have. (laughs) Yes, that's what I was just going to (laughs) say. That makes all the difference. It can be whatever temperature you want outside if you can control fully the temperature inside. We don't have that luxury. (laughs) No, I was in a meeting room at work the other day and inside the meeting room was 27 degrees. Ugh, horrible. No joke. I have a fan on my desk at work. Like, it's... It's getting pretty hard. Um, And I checked the weather forecast for the rest of July and it's like 25 Celsius and above for the rest of the month. So, yep. So we go put up with it. Yeah. Well, heat aside, shall we jump into today's topic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making it till you make it. I hadn't. So I've given this advice before, I've received this advice before. And it wasn't really until I read this question that I was like, yeah, good point. Is this good advice? Uh, and it, it really started to make me question it, I suppose. So, yeah, let's just start, I guess, overall, Fem. Do you think this is good advice? Because I think, and I'll just give my opinion first, I think overall it is. That's why I've given it as advice. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think there is a lot of caveats to it and, yeah, that we'll talk about. But overall, what do you think? Yes, I do think it's good advice, but I think also... It depends on what the intent of it is. Like if you are literally advising someone to completely fake it, like steal other people's work and say that they have skills that they clearly don't have and things like that, then I do not think that is good advice because I don't think that's the way to go. But if the intent of your advice is like, you know, embrace learning and development and experiment and, you know, have a bit of confidence and try new things and be open to adapting, then I do think it's good advice. So I think it kind of comes down to the intent. Like, are you actually advising someone to intentionally put out like a false perception or are you more advising them to just be flexible, be open, uh, try new things and learn along the way? Yeah. I think what you touched on there, confidence, I think that's probably the only thing that fake it so you'll make it can apply to um yeah I, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head where it's okay because like you said you can't fake your portfolio you can't fake your work if you did that's very misleading and and just not cool it's like um i was talking with mark yesterday about how in some like job positions people will get through the internet pro uh, the internet process the interview process <laughs> and they'll they'll get all the way to the end to like the challenge part and that's when you realize that they don't actually know what they're doing and that they're all talk and that they've made it this far somehow just based on faking it and i think that now i'm kind of worried that when i've given this advice before i haven't been clear on what it is that you should fake because when i'm saying it i am meaning your confidence i am meaning You've got to put on the confident exterior, even if you don't feel like it, because that is what's going to give other people faith in you. And by like making these actions and, you know, acting confident, I do think it's something that you can then start to feel inside. It's like the advice they give to if you're feeling sad to start smiling, because eventually, (laughs) even though it seems ridiculous, you will start to get some of those 
happy endorphin feelings just from the act of smiling. My yoga teacher does this all the time. Like really? if we're in a really hard yoga pose and everyone's like, you know, frowning and concentrating, she'll just be like, smile, smile, smile. And then of course everyone starts laughing. It's great. <laughs> That's sweet. <laughs> yeah, I I really do think it comes down to the intention. And I was trying to think back, like reflect on myself and times that I've, you know, faked it till I made it or whatever. And I realized like in hindsight that I wasn't actually faking anything at all I was just learning along the way you know like in a way we're all faking it like we we all have this little bit of unknown like nobody really knows what we're doing or really knows what the outcome of our actions is going to be and so like I look back on my last year at Uber for example where when I joined I was fairly new to product design so the whole kind of thing felt like faking it till I made it And really what it was is just learning, like a year of learning and exploration and experimenting and growing my confidence along the way. I come across as a very confident person and inside sometimes I'm I'm actually really not. And it's just this sort of false confidence that I put out. And yeah, I don't know. I just look back on that experience from the last year of like feeling like a total noob on day one to a year later feeling pretty confident. And that whole year was basically a year of of faking it. But really what it was is just learning and, and just absorbing as much as I could and trying new things and being open to that. And I think the key difference here is that you didn't lie in your interview to get the job correct right like you didn't tell them that you had more product design experience than you had so that they would hire you or anything like that they knew up front what your experience was and how much you still had to learn and they saw your potential so you know they brought you on board and that's the difference I think is that you weren't faking it in the interview process correct that's that's a good uh, thing to distinguish yeah I mean I think when people hear this phrase they kind of think of like lying, right? Like faking it kind of equals lying. I mean, it is in a way. In a way, I guess that's what it actually means. But yeah, I more see it as like advice to have a bit of confidence and have a bit of belief in yourself. And I came across this article by Sarah Doody, who writes a lot about UX design and UX experience and things like that. Yeah, she's great. And she said in her article, which I really like, is this attitude of fake it until you make it is critical to product development. Clearly by fake it, I don't mean lie. What I mean is the attitude of experimentation that's necessary to move forward and not get stuck in the trap of overanalyzing everything. So I think that's kind of good advice as well of like when you're having to maybe make a decision on something or try to move forward, I think we can easily stay in that place and kind of hold back and not take that step forward because maybe we're lacking the confidence to feel like we're making the right decision or something like that. But if we embrace this attitude a little bit, you know, like, well, let's just go with this one and see what happens and, you know, we'll get the results back and we can experiment and iterate on next time. I think that's good advice to kind of help keep you moving forward and, you know, to avoid you staying in one place uh, where you're just going to sort of rut and, and mull it over a hundred times. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And interesting, again, it comes down to faking confidence in, in your ideas, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, in what Sarah's talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. Uh, what about, let's touch on, because I think fake it till you make it is advice often given to beginners. And like I said before, that's the thing that I'm most worried that when I've given that advice... I might have misled into 
like what you should actually be faking. Because there's another article that you've linked to in our document here uh, on the Muesli medium about fake it you make it and is that good advice for designers where it says uh, about this topic, no, it, because in the beginning there will be nothing to fake. You can't fake your lack of experience reflected directly in your portfolio. You can't fake the fact that you don't know how to price yourself and organize your time. Showing up to a meeting with your clients and trying to show a confident persona when you lack one is a waste of emotional resources. So this is interesting. I disagree with the last part of the statement about the confidence, but the beginning part about how there is nothing to fake because it's obvious from your portfolio uh, that you don't have the experience. And yeah, I think that when you're starting out, this is what leads people to putting every single thing they've ever done in their portfolio because they're gonna trying to fake that they have more experience than they actually do, right? So like maybe they've designed like they spent a couple of hours designing a little logo for their mum's, I don't know, like jam business. That's the first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> oh, mum's making jam. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, very, very quaint. But I've seen it before, and I don't know if you have too, where this little, like, tiny little project, spent a couple of hours on, they'll expand it and they'll, like, reverse engineer some, like, concepts and, and like, you know, expanded into this huge big case study when really it was just a couple of hours work because they want it to seem like it's more than it is and because they're worried about the lack of experience. And I just want to say to anyone doing that, that when you're on the hiring side, it is very obvious which projects have been reverse engineered in that way. And so I wouldn't suggest you waste your time on doing it, on you know, pretending that it was the thing that you essentially worked on with an agency when really it was just you at your dining table designing something for your mum. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. You have a passion for design and you are putting your skills to use to solve someone's problem, your mum's jam business, needing a logo. And that's that's what it is. And so you don't need to pretend that it's more than that. I think that's probably one of the biggest problems in faking I've seen. Not so much in like stealing work in portfolios. I don't think that's super common, although I'm sure that it happens for oh, sure. Oh, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that that's the biggest faking problem I see with this beginning stage. What do you think, Fem? So, well, well, what do you think is wrong with that, first of all? Like, do you think that that just shows the wrong message? Like they should just admit that it was a small project and leave it at that? Or, or what? what is it that you have problem with people doing that I think personally that it just feels like it's making everything very grandiose and like you're trying to be something that you're not and trying to make the project into something it's not and usually to be honest the work quality isn't there so when you expand on the project and you make it seem like something that was done over weeks and like all of these concepts and you know etc and this is the result that you got that gives me less confidence in your design abilities than if you just said that this was like a small project that you worked on and being honest about the actual process that you went through and not done the whole reverse engineering thing because the quality of your design work doesn't match the work that you're saying that was put into it if that makes sense right right so ideally you would have maybe one or two big pieces of work where you actually went through that whole process and documented it rather than all of these little ones where you've sort of reversed engineered a whole design process. Yeah. I think that there's just a lot of, I don't know, you see the language used in perhaps more senior designers portfolios about like branding and creating an experience or whatever. And when you apply that to a project that just, 
that wasn't true of (laughs) was for a jam jar (laughs) yeah i think that just is very obvious and i don't know it just feels like you're elaborating or being what's the word i'm looking for like making things into something bigger than they actually are yeah i know what you mean I i think i would agree with that and i definitely agree with your statement of it's very obvious when a designer has done that and i think that's more the issue i have is that like okay they've reverse engineered this so obviously like they don't have enough or they don't feel like they have enough quality work to show or like maybe they're not quite ready so they had to find a small project that they could make it look into something bigger than it was that's more the things that I'm thinking of when I see that it's like okay this is kind of a warning sign for something else um rather than the warning sign being like oh they reverse engineered this yes totally you're exactly right on that yeah yeah so I agree. I think like general advice, and I'm pretty sure we've said this before, is like, you know, stick to a portfolio that has quality over quantity. That's what I want to say, right? Like you've got quality projects on there. Maybe it's only three. Who cares how many it is as long as they're quality rather than having like 20 or 30 pieces of work on there that are, you know, all pretty low quality. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And I think that's, yeah, the hardest thing is that often when you're trying to fake more experience, you'd put more work in. And often that's to your detriment because your portfolio is only as strong as your weakest piece in it. Right. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So the second half of this Muesli statement, though, they said showing up to meeting with your clients and trying to show a confident persona when you lack one is a waste of emotional resources. That's the bit I don't quite agree with from this article. But what do you think, Fem? Yeah, I... I'm like asking, well, if you're not trying to show a confident persona, then how are you ever going to develop one? Right. I think the same thing. Because another question I was going to ask you is like, so fake it till you make it. When do you know that you've made it? And honestly, I think, you know, you've made it when you're just no longer putting on a front and it just comes naturally to you. Yeah. And that can take time, right? Like there's a lot of patience in that process like it could take years before you really feel the confidence and and I bet that even like you know the famous designers or whatever designers that you look up to that seem super confident I'm sure that they also occasionally have these feelings of self-doubt and questioning their confidence in their own design abilities I mean we all have these ups and downs and slumps so I don't know I think we're all faking it a little bit and and to me it really comes down to confidence. Like that's how I read the statement is like, how much confidence should you have as opposed to like, should you fake it? Yeah. I think sometimes a danger in faking confidence is, well, a couple of things really. First of all, we can go too far and be like overly confident to make up for the fact that we feel so unconfident. You know, we've turned that dial up a bit too far. And also you can get into a habit of feeling like you can never be honest about how you're actually feeling and you can never admit these feelings of self-doubt because you're supposed to be the super confident person so I think there's a time and a place for faking it I think there's a time and a place for putting on a confident front because you need to for example reassure a client that you know what you're doing I don't think it's good to go up to a client and be like hey I'm really struggling I don't know if I can do this they're the ones paying you so they deserve to like you know feel like someone has got this and someone has has got confidence in this project. Um, obviously, if you feel like it's at risk of not being completed or something, or you actually can't do it, then you should just, you know, pull the plug and, and respectfully end the relationship. But 
yeah, uh, there's a time and a place for faking it. And I think that as much as possible, we shouldn't. Would you agree with that? Like, I don't want to live a life where I constantly have to put on positive, like a positive exterior if I'm not feeling it. Uh, but I do accept that sometimes you need to. Um, a good example of this for me is with public speaking. This is definitely something where I've seen fake it to make it in action because I've been doing it myself in that I was totally faking my confidence in my first few public speaking gigs because I felt zero confidence. I was so nervous. I was so afraid, but no one wants to see someone get up on stage and be like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I don't know if I can do this, everyone. Like, that's not a good start to a talk, right? No one wants to see that. So I smile. I like put on this confident exterior, even though inside I'm like going, ah, constantly. And eventually that like inner screaming, I suppose, has died down. And I like when I went on stage at Craft and Commerce over the weekend, yes, I was nervous before, but when I got on stage, I literally loved it. And I had such a good time actually talk speaking. And I never believed when people could be like, oh, yeah, I really loved giving my talk. I'd be like, yeah, right. Like, why weren't you a ball of nerves and like wishing you were anywhere else? Because that's how I felt. But now I do feel that. I do feel the enjoyment. I've faked it, faked the confidence so much. And like faking the confidence allowed me to have the experience, which actually gave me some real confidence, if you know what I mean. So that's a position where I think it's good to fake it. But lots of times in life, I think it's not. Yeah, no, totally. I think that's a great example of how having this kind of mantra can help you overcome a hurdle or overcome something that's kind of standing in the way. And I've had this too, you know, where I do something up until a point and then I'm like, okay, that's as far as I can go because taking the next step is too scary or too daunting or whatever, you know, you're, you're questioning yourself. And if you kind of, you know, have this mantra of like, fake it till you make it, you know, you just get in the zone, you get the confidence up, you start giving yourself a good pep talk and then you go out there and you just kind of do it. So I think it's like good motivation and good advice in those situations. I also think that we often think of this concept of faking it till you make it as something that you do in isolation and by yourself. But I don't know if that's true. Like faking it till you make it doesn't mean that you are not allowed to ask questions or you're not allowed to do some research or, you know, observe others and things like that. I mean, I think it's totally okay to ask for help or ask questions or ask for some advice from someone who's maybe done this before or been through this before. Uh, so I don't think it's something that you have to do or take in complete isolation. Yeah, totally. Because if you don't ask the questions, then you, how are you going to get to the making it phase of the fake it till you make it? Exactly. Yeah. I really like what you said about it being a tool to overcome a hurdle. So that made me think that fake it till you make it isn't like a constant life thing. You shouldn't be faking it the whole daily. time. <laughs> yeah. But... It's a tool to use when you hit that point and you just need a little bit of extra help to overcome something. That's when fake it to make it comes in because you know that there's going to be a defined end point. So with my public speaking, for example, my end point, how I know I will have made it is when I actually do feel confident speaking on stage. Right. Like you have this very clear goal, I guess, or this very clear end point. Yeah. So the same could be said of certain skills, like maybe fake it till you make it when it comes to coding, for example, involves much more Googling at the start as you like, <laughs> you know, 
Google basically tells you all the answers of what to code, which is fine. And then when you've made it is when you rely on Google a lot less and you can like, you know, make an HTML markup page by yourself without needing Google or whatever. That's, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. Yeah, totally. So I guess we've talked a bit about what is okay to fake and what is not. Uh, like, you know, obviously don't fake what you put on your portfolio or on your resume or things like that. But I think it's okay to, to a certain degree, kind of fake uh, your, your confidence in a certain skill maybe. And I don't know, for me, that's really helped also in terms of like, committing to doing that skill more if that makes sense like if I say that I I don't know feel or or I want to be able to say that I'm really confident in let's go with coding or html css then like making that statement whether it's kind of publicly or to myself kind of gives me that extra motivation to actually go and do it if you know what I mean it's kind of like you're already thinking that you're at the goalpost when you're actually a little bit behind so I can find that it's also kind of motivating in that way to sort of get you actually doing the thing and learning more. And I think that though that takes a certain personality type of someone like you, Femme, who is motivated to learn and to push their skills further, whereas a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, totally, I can code HTML, CSS, when they've written like two lines of code and <laughs> they have no intention of learning more. They, you know, they falsely think that that's where it's at. So... Yeah, you do have to be careful that when you are faking confidence in a skill that you also have the passion and the motivation to back that up and to be actually doing the learning. Yeah. Because in that case, it's not like, yeah, you're you're faking the experience you have right now, but it's because you know for sure that you are going to get there and that that's something that you're wanting to learn. And so, you know, they can have confidence in you because of that. Like, I think of... Um, I don't think that they would have gotten through the hiring process, but someone in your position, Femme, who perhaps didn't have that much product design experience before getting a role, what if they got on the job and they weren't putting time into learning and like you were, you know, and improving your skills? I think it'd be very obvious quite quickly and <laughs> they would be fired. <laughs> so you're not going to get anywhere by faking something and not putting in any effort to actually achieve that skill. Mm. Let's maybe circle back to to wrap up on the question that we got from the listener. So they they just started a new job and their friend's advice was to fake it till they make it. I mean, what's what's your summarized advice for this person? Do you think that's good advice? They've just started a new job. They're nervous. It's their first real design job. Would you give them this advice and I don't know, elaborate what what would you encourage them to do? Oh, I like this circling back. Okay, yes, I would give them this advice still. I stand behind it. I still think fake it you make it is good advice when it comes to confidence. I think you should go into this job and feel like I've got this, you know, I can design things. And if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm going to ask all the questions that I need to. And that's the key part is that you shouldn't feel like fake it till you make it means that you have to pretend you know everything already. You should use it to give yourself the confidence and the confidence to speak up when you do need help. Uh, and because you're going to be putting on this confident exterior with this fake it till you make it, your questions will come across like, oh, this person really knows what they're doing. They know exactly what to ask to get this done, right? And I think that's great. So yes, good advice, but make sure you're not faking the wrong things and you're not finding yourself sitting there not knowing what to do with a project and not asking a question because you feel like you should already know what you're doing. That's not going to help anyone. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'd also, I'd also, I mean, I agree with it all, but I'd add on that. Remember that you got hired for this job for a reason, right? Like they believe in you and you obviously have some level of skill or expertise or experience that makes you a valuable team member. And so you already have achieved a level of faking it, so to speak, right? Like you are not at the bottom of the pack. They trust you. They believe in you. You know, they believe that you can, can do this job well. And so that's all you really have to do is just do your job and do it well. So keep that in mind as well, because I think that can also like, you've already done the hard work, right? Like you're already in. uh, So keep in mind that all you can really do from here is go up. It would be my advice. Yeah. And like we were talking about before as well, hiring managers, you know, anyone who's hiring you can see right through any sort of fakery in the interview process usually. So don't worry that you might have accidentally misled them when you talked about your skills and maybe they think that you're more than you are or anything like that. They're not. They know what skills you have and they see the potential in you. And so just trust that you can do it because they obviously trust that you can do it. Nice. All right. I think that's a wrap. You think? I think it's a wrap. Yeah. I feel good about this and I hope that, I don't know, anyone listening, <laughs> whoever gives the advice, fake it till you make it from now on, maybe we'll clarify that you <laughs> because I definitely know I'm going to be doing that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so Fem, where can people go to find more episodes of this podcast? You can go to designlife.fm, which very soon is going to be a new website. I am working on it in Webflow and it's getting pretty close, so keep an eye out for that. And if you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at designlife.fm. Let us know, maybe you have a, you know, topic or you've been thinking about something that you want some advice or opinion on, send it to us in a tweet and we might consider it for a future episode. Yeah, and if you've got any fake it till you make it stories as well, I'd love to hear like what you were faking and then how you actually made it in the end. That'd be cool to talk about. Yeah, success stories. Yes, success stories. This question that we got today as well that formed this episode came from someone in our community, I believe. So if you feel like you would like to join a community of other designers, freelancers, creative types, and have it as like a water cooler for keeping you company throughout the day, giving you advice on your projects, talking through the challenges that you face as a creative, then please go ahead and join that. It's, there's a great group of people in there and we'd love to have you. That's at designlife.fm slash community. It's a very small monthly fee. It's less than $10, right, fam? Is it like $9? I don't even know how much a community costs. That's embarrassing. Yeah, I think it's 9 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's something that you could add add to your collection of, of Slack groups or whatever and it's a really good one. Good up to see you in there. Awesome. Till next time. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye bye.